happy new year to you all and a warm welcome to this month's nice to see you to see you nice podcast this is your overview of any new or changed guidelines from nice from the month of december our podcast is in conjunction with the nice guideline monthly newsletter which is distributed to all north norfolk clinicians my name is emma smith and i'm an advanced nurse practitioner and the clinical quality nurse lead for north norfolk primary care and i'm here with my podcast partner emma lambon Hello, as Emma said, my name is Emma Lambon and I'm a practice nurse and the board nurse for North Norfolk Primary Care. This is your monthly snapshot in an 8-10 minute, easily accessible podcast to keep you up to date and highlight any new changes to the NICE guidelines which are applicable to us all in primary care. So let's have a look at what's new. Okay, so in this month's newsletter, there are updates on the prostate cancer NICE guideline and quality statements. Diagnosis and management of headaches in the over 12s, an update on the COVID-19 rapid guideline, the suspected cancer recognition and referral guideline and new, a brand new guideline and quality statement for pelvic floor dysfunction in women. So it's been quite a bumper month. Uh, we do aim to make these podcasts at a quick eight to 10 minute update. So we'll only cover elements of these. So um, I suggest that we just focus on the prostate cancer guideline and the new guideline for the management of pelvic floor dysfunction in women. So Emma, do you want to start with the um, the prostate cancer updates, please? Yeah, okay. Um, so the evidence has been reviewed and NICE has made new recommendations on risk stratification for people with newly diagnosed prostate cancer. The quality statement in conjunction with this has also been amended to reflect these changes. The tiers of the Cambridge Prognostic Group have been increased from three to five and the criteria for each tier depends on several elements and these are the Gleason score, the PSA and at what stage the prostate cancer is at. Okay, thanks Emma. So what does that mean to us in practice? Okay, so the Gleason score is based on how abnormal cells look under the microscope after tissue biopsy and how likely the cancer is to advance and spread. So the lower the score, the cancer is slower growing and not aggressive. And this isn't something we would directly access in primary care, but it is good information for us all to be aware of. The PSA is a protein produced by the normal prostate and measured by the level of proteins in a man's blood. And this is normally elevated in the presence of prostatic cancer due to a disruption of the cellular structure of the prostate cells Hence, it's high in the presence of a cancer. The cancer itself doesn't produce PSA, but it disrupts the structures of the cells, causing them to allow accelerated seepage of PSA from the prostate to the circulating blood. So hence, a high PSA is highly suspicious of cancer. And the stages of prostate cancer are from stages T1 to T4. Each stage has got substages, given 12 stages in total. T1 would indicate a normal DRE, but may be found coincidentally. And, and stage T4 would indicate a progressive tumour, which would be easily felt during a DRE and would have likely spread to the surrounding areas. OK, great. That's really useful information, Emma, particularly about how uh, the PSA is found, etc., So um, on the back of this, the new recommendations in the NICE guidelines for suspected cancer recognition and referral also actually focuses on prostate cancer. 
The update of this guideline specifically discusses the consideration of referring people with possible symptoms of prostate cancer using a suspected cancer referral pathway, typically a two-week wait, um, for cancer if their PSA levels are above the threshold for their age. The new recommendations take into account the person's preference and any comorbidities when making the decision also. Um, the NICE committee made these recommendations based on the fact that the evidence of the diagnostic accuracy of fixed and age-specific prostate um, antigen, which obviously is the PSA thresholds, was very uncertain because of all the studies were based basically on a population that had already been referred to secondary care. The 2019 guideline recommends referral if PSA levels were above the age-specific reference range. The committee agreed that the referral should be considered based on PSA thresholds, but did not make a strong, stronger recommendation because of the uncertainty in the evidence. And also there was the likelihood of low positive predictive value of the PSA test for the prevalence, um, which is estimated on the UK population data. So in summary, it means that the age-specific thresholds for people with possible symptoms of prostate cancer who require referral have been considered and are set out in a new table found in the guideline, which is also replicated in the monthly newsletter. Um, so you might ask, so how is this, this recommendation affecting, going to affect my practice? Um, essentially, in, in primary care, it means that a referral based on age-specific PSA thresholds is already recommended, so practice will not change significantly. Also, clarifying the age-specific thresholds will help standardise care, but they also take into account the patient's preferences and comorbidities, which would lead to a more patient-centred patient -centered approach to referrals. Oh, that's great, Emma. Thank you. And that's good to know how it fits in for us in primary care as well. It's good information to be aware of. So now let's move on to the brand new guidelines, which are for pelvic floor dysfunction, prevention and non-surgical management. There is a section in the guidance specifically for the assessment in primary care. It recommends that an initial assessment in primary care, so you should be taking a general history from the woman about current and past symptoms or disorders associated with pelvic floor dysfunction. So that's such as urinary incontinence, emptying disorders of the bladder, faecal incontinence. If the woman has symptoms of faecal incontinence, we should be following the recommendations on baseline assessments in the NICE guidelines on faecal incontinence. Um, emptying disorders of the bowel, pelvic organ prolapse, sexual dysfunction and or chronic pelvic pain. So for more guidance on assessing urinary incontinence and pelvic organ prolapse, um, you can find that on the NICE guidelines on urinary incontinence and pelvic organ prolapse in women. Um, depending on the symptoms described, you'd carry out a focused history clinical examination and investigations to exclude other causes such as pelvic masses, neurological disease, urinary tract infection, adverse effects of medication, diabetes or cancer. Um, for further information see the NICE guidelines on suspected cancer recognition and referral. Um, other cases then are fistulas, inflammatory bowel or bladder conditions, endometriosis or mobility and cognitive impairment. But it also recommends to ask women who have recently given birth about symptoms of pelvic floor dysfunction during the routine postnatal care period, both in the hospital and in the community. 
for women who are taking multiple medications, consider conducting a full medication review. So depending on the symptoms and the woman's preferences and circumstances, then you might need to consider other clinical examinations. So for example, inspecting the woman's vulva and vagina for atrophy, asking them to bear down to check for visible vaginal or rectal prolapse, or a rectal examination to check for impactation for women who are at risk of this and who cannot give you an accurate history of their symptoms. So for example, women with cognitive impairments or dementia. The guideline is really comprehensive and is worth a read as this is only really an overview of one element within it. Okay, thanks Emma. That's really, really good information and really good practical advice um, for when you're assessing somebody with uh, pelvic dysfunction. Um, unfortunately, I think that's all we have time for this month now. So thank you to all of you for c- continuing to listen to us. If you have any suggestions or comments on this podcast, please do not hesitate to contact us via the NNPC website. Uh, it would be great to hear from you, whether positive or negative, to ensure that we are providing you with information which you find useful. So that's it. Goodbye for now. Bye. See you next month. Bye.